Uh, let us pray. Gracious Lord and Holy Father, we are all, always grateful for the gathering of your people. We can come together and worship and praise and pray and sing and greet and fellowship and listen to your word. We pray for your spirit this morning and the words that come and the words that are heard, that they may be of the same spirit in this giving and the receiving. We ask your blessing now upon the rest of the day as it comes in your holy name we pray. Amen. When Pastor Russ called, uh, he said I could preach on any, uh, any text I wanted to, and I told him, normally I preach on one of the gospel texts. I preach on one of the texts of the day on a given Sunday, and I told him that if a pastor starts picking his own text and he starts doing it week after week, then he's after something. And if you preach on the texts of the day as the church picked them, then you don't get stuck in a rut on some kind of pet subject. So I suppose this morning we probably should preach on the gospel. The gospel text uh, that we have read for us today is generally known as the Confession of St. Peter. It's the basis of which the Roman church got started, the Christian church got started. And it was the question that Jesus asked the disciples, and who do you say that I am? And it was Peter's answer, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus told him he would be the rock and the keys of the kingdom would be given to him to forgive. And I suppose that if there's somebody here this morning that came in looking, wondering about the Christian faith and has been burning about that question of who does you say that I am, may the Spirit of the Lord help to lead you in the same answer that uh, Peter had, that thou art the Christ. And if there is somebody being bothered by that, I would be very happy to chat with them afterwards. But that's not going to be our sermon time this morning. I'd rather use some of Paul's thoughts from the chapter of Romans, giving guidance to the people of God who answer the question, you are the son of the living God. I'd like to talk what Paul said to those people who had already given the answer. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And we have before us one of Paul's very favorite and useful analogies of Christian interaction for the day-to-day -day living of the church and the Christian life. And he compares the community of believers to the body, the body of Christ. Paul has a most interesting picture of the Christian here, fit for the body of Christ because it's different interests, different skill sets, different talents, but a niche for everyone. Uh, the French have a, a saying, vive la différence, that's generally used to describe the difference between a male and a female. But I think it's also a very apt description of the Christian body, the Christian church. Vive la difference. We celebrate our difference instead of moaning and groaning about somebody who happens to be a little different than we are. Let me start to work through this text in this way. There are some very fundamental and perennial needs in the, in the life that we live, <coughs> and that is to belong to somebody, to belong to people. In our very rootless and restless society, there are a great number of people who have a deep hunger and a deep yearning and a deep longing to find someone, a sense of belonging. And it's through this belonging that we learn who we are as persons and we struggle with relationships which help round us as persons. And as Christians, we go a little further because our belief is that belonging to God and the Christ, the grace of the Son of God, 
that we come to know him as our father and we are placed in family. We are placed in family. That comes by the grace of God starting with our baptism. I always tell people, you are not privileged to call him or address him as our father until the time of baptism. But you can never call him my father because you are in family. It is always our father. You don't just get one all by yourself. You're not an only child. You remember perhaps in the account of creation, what was the first problem? Loneliness. Adam wanted to what? Find somebody that was what? Like him. A human. We all need someone. Now some of us need less people than others. But we all need someone that we can interact with. Every once in a while you hear people talking about the church, that the church isn't, isn't important to, to have. People want to lead you into the trap of trivializing the work of the church and trying to make the role of the Christian as something, so they say, well, we've got to make it relevant and we've got to make it adaptable or some other cute little phrase. Paul is telling us in this text, you've got to bigger, get a bigger vision. Every once in a while you've got to see the whole thing. You've got to see the grand design. And the grand design is we're the body of Christ. You don't get much more relevant than that. You are the body. That's it. You are. We are not here today individually members of Reformation Lutheran Church. We are not here today separated by those who go to first service and those who go to second service with maybe an hour in between that might overlap. Not at all. The work of the gospel is done through a great organism, intricately interrelated, and it's called a body. And what does that mean? It means you give me meaning, I give you meaning. That's what this church business is all about. All these other descriptions of the body are inadequate. You know, people talk about monoliths and institutions and establishments, whereas a body is something that should be pulsing and breathing and suffering and dying, and a living being. God's grand design for this world is an organism called the body of Christ. And if you get that at all, you and I, we, are the body of Christ, should send shivers up and down your spine of the opportunity you have to be in and to work in. Now, I'm going to give you three observations this morning. <clears throat> from Paul, and I'm starting with Romans 12, and that was on page 763, if you wanted to follow along. You don't have to, because I'm going to tell it to you anyway. But that, <clears throat> The first observation that Paul gives us, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. Present your bodies to be transformed, not conformed. And he points out that that's going to be your spiritual worship. Well, now, people to say, I don't need to go to church. But the text says we are one body. If we're not all here, how can we be one body if you don't go to church? What was it in, in Jesus' time? What did he do? He went to church every week. And if that was his habit, and it's not your habit... Does that mean you've come something above him now that you have something else more going on that's not? 
We are more than Christ, I wonder. Try this with me. The next time you go to work, leave part of the body at home because it's tired. Who was out late last night? Saturday night party. Or you, you kids that are here, the next time you go to school, leave part of the body at home because you didn't get the, the room cleaned up this week. Or those of you who think it's a little warm outside and decided you're going to go to the beach this afternoon after going to church, leave part of the body at home because it's not as trim as it used to be. Well, that's true for some of us. You know, you can't do that. You can't do that. I wonder what would happen. What would happen this morning, or any Sunday morning, at the end of the service, the pastor says, I like to say, go in peace, serve the Lord. You say, he has freed us, serve the Lord. And we say, go in peace, serve the Lord. What would happen if we all went to the parts of the body that aren't here this morning and say what? I missed you. I'm not whole. I hurt. What would happen? You wouldn't have any empty seats. Your church, your, your church that you're going to build would be too small. If we understand, we're all part of the body. Now before I move to the second thought from Paul, I want you to notice that when he said, I want you to be transformed by the what? Did you catch it? The renewing of your what? Minds. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. There is no room for this Christianity that cuts off your head. You've got to stay engaged. You know, these people that just want to go to church and say, well, it makes me feel so good. Well, wonderful for your feelings. It makes me feel so bad. Well, wonderful for your feelings. But did anything happen up here in your head, in your mind, your will? What's the second thing Paul says? Paul asks everyone, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned to you. You know, talking about your head in the Christian faith, what did Paul put in that time? Three times he says, think, think, think. You'd think somebody would figure it out. Don't take yourself so seriously. Lighten up a little bit. If you want to bear down, take God a little more seriously. Take God a little more seriously. Christ is not dependent upon the development of a whole host of omnicompetent people running around telling everybody, all the stuff I do for the church and never survive. And I call myself Christian because of what I'm doing. Lighten up a little bit. Don't take yourself so seriously. Even if you're the mainstay of what you think is the church, lighten up a little bit. Paul says, don't think so highly of yourself. I'm not here to hurt anyone's feelings, but we need to understand that the Christian church in general, in this congregation in specific, it means that somewhere along the line you have to get to the point where you settle with who and what you are. Who and what you are. And I'm going to tell you what you are. You're a part of the body. And here's the kicker. That person sitting behind you, in front of you, and across the aisle, and that's not here today, you know what they are? They're part of the body. I don't know about that one. <laughs> you'll, you'll love your new church when it's quiet inside and you don't hear the sound on the street. 
You know, I'm not talking about babies. They're fine. Yeah, you, you just stay here. That's fine. Babies, they're a gift of God, you know. But understand this. You are a part of the body, and these other people are a part of the body. Let me come at you in another way. There's a dirty C word out there. It's called cancer. I want to tell you what cancer is this morning. Cancer is a cell of the body that won't agree with the presupposition that it is a part of the body. Will not agree that it is a part of the body. Cancer says, I am the body. I want all the glory. I want all the attention. I want you to spend all your money taking care of me. Cancer is a cell that doesn't know how to die, doesn't know how to serve, and doesn't know how to get used up. Cancer serves itself and gathers everything around so that it can kill the body and say, I got another one. I got another one. Sometimes churches have cancers. They are people who are only concerned about themselves and their role. And they want to make sure that everybody knows how important they are to that role. Certain people are not spoken to. Or if they are included, only bad things are said about them. Now, I could get pretty specific here if I knew anything about this congregation, but I don't really know how it functions. So I can't say anything unless I get invited back again. <laughs> but I will ask. Let me ask this. If you know someone or yourself who's trying to control the body, how about doing a little personal chemotherapy? How about a little personal chemotherapy? And I'll tell you, it starts on the knees. None of us really needs to take ourselves too seriously. Christ did the hard work. Christ became sin for us. Christ died in our stead. Christ rose for us, and he lives in eternity, and from him and through him we become what is called the body, the grand design. So I say to you this morning, whether you have a half a talent or you have 20 talents, I need you. Whatever talent you've been given, we need you. You need my quarter talent. If we leave out anybody, we're not whole. If you leave me out, or you only include certain people in the congregation, the congregation is not whole. The body is not whole. Without you and without me, we are not a whole body. And personally, for me, that's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the grand design. You need me, and I need you, and God needs us to be serving and telling the others about the Christ. That's what he needs. My third observation for the morning Paul tells us very simply, use what you have and be who you are. Use what you have and be who you are. The text puts it this way, having, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Use them. What is Paul talks about? Prophecy and service and teaching and exhortation and contributing and giving aid and acts of mercy. I suppose every one of those gifts could have been a, a sermon point for the morning, but I, I've never been able to preach beyond three, so we can't use those. It goes on. 
For me as a pastor, what I've always tried to do with a congregation is I follow this little bit of advice. And I watch the people and it's, it's watch what they do, not what they say. Then you'll know what's happening. Watch what they do, not what they say. You'll pretty quickly know what's going down. Paul tells us about the person who contributes in liberality. I don't know about that. You know, a lot of people tell you how much they give. Watch what they do, not what they say. But I won't talk about that, but I understand somebody must be giving because you're going to build a church out here, but I'll leave that up to Pastor Russ to talk about liberality. The one I like, Paul talks about acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Has anybody ever come up to you and approach you with some, they're going to do some good deed in mind, and they preface it with, if you only knew how much effort I had to put in to do this. Acts of mercy and aid with cheerfulness. Can I run it through for you one more time? Cancer is a cell that doesn't know how to die, doesn't know how to serve, and doesn't know how to be used up. It seems so elemental to me. If you have clothes, you wear them. If you buy a car, you drive it. If you barbecue a steak, you eat it. If God has given you a talent, a skill, a resource, a special ability, use it. Use it. What are you saving it for? Use it. We understand that he's not giving us all the same gifts. He tells us they differ, and he wants us to use what we've been given. You know, the fall, a lot of things start up, and people say, oh, I just can't do that, or I don't have any gifts. Excuse me? You don't have the same gift as the other person. But they don't have what you have either, and we need you and we need them. The body does. But Paul put it the other way. You know, the eye can't say I have no, no need for the ear, and the ear can't say I have no nose for the nose, and the nose can't say I don't have any need for the mouth. You can't say that some part of the body is not needed. We need all the body to be whole. Let me tell you a true short story. In Savovia, Spain, there is an old wooden aqueduct built in 109 A.D. For about 18 centuries, the aqueduct brought fresh water from the mountains to the thirsty inhabitants down below. But one day, some very wise people thought the aqueduct was kind of old-fashioned and they wanted to do something modern, so they put some pipes in and built some pipes to replace it. And instead of removing the aqueduct, they decided they'd preserve it as a site for tourists and, and visitors. But in a few years, it began to crumble and fall apart. The sun beating down on it caused it to disintegrate. And a few years of idleness was able to do what 18 centuries of service could not destroy. Am I losing anybody? What you don't use, you lose. You've heard it. It's true in the kingdom, too, as a part of the body. The grand design was intended that we use what we have and be who we are. And Paul said, For as one body we have many members, and not all members have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. That's not Harvey Anderson. 
That's Apostle Paul, Romans. Well, dear friends, that's the sermon for the day. Here's the question for the day. If you take this text home with you, how will you put it to work by the grace of God? Glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.